Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. And I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And the first thing I did when I was researching this episode where we're going to talk about President Trump's growing legal troubles and possible impeachment troubles was determine the proper way to pronounce Robert Mueller's name. And I gave it away because I pronounced his name. This is according to pronouncenames.com. Great website. You use that a lot, I'm assuming. So much. And here's what they say. You can hear it yourself. Robert Mueller. Is that loud enough? Let's do it again. Robert Mueller. There it is. There it is. Are you excited? Thank you. How to pronounce names. Well, com. I always thought it was Mueller, like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. But it's not. So you can't be like Mueller, Mueller. You can, but you'd be wrong, supposedly. Supposedly, I could say that because that's wrong okay. too. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's a guy named George Conway. Are you familiar with George Conway? Nope. Are you familiar with Kellyanne Conway? Yes. Kellyanne Conway's husband is George Conway. George what? Conway hates Donald Trump. Really? Yeah, it makes you wonder what goes on in the Conway home that's, after hours. I, you can like to see it in her eyes that she's just been through a lot. Like whenever she gets on the TV, like I think SNL makes makes fun of this. They had a skit about it. Oh yeah. But yeah, she has been through the ringer. Well, she was a rising star in the Republican Party for years, and I always thought she was very bright and very capable. And I think she sold her soul and then when she, got she decided by to. Lightning. Well, she she essentially sold her soul when she decided to sign up with the Trumps. So George Conway, however, has not sold his soul, and he's holding on tight to it. He's holding on They're tight to it. Trying to pry it. it out of his hands, but so far he hasn't relinquished the grip. That's correct. So the indictment of Michael Cohen came down, and okay, um, for the uneducated listener, not me. I'm so educated. You're so educated. Who is Mike? Who is Cohen? Michael Cohen was Donald Trump's personal attorney, okay, private so attorney. Who's Mueller? I thought Mueller was his attorney. No, Mueller is the person conducting the investigation against Donald Trump. He's the special prosecutor. But Mueller's getting sued. Okay, 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 okay. You getting all this? Yeah, I think so. I might need to get like a whiteboard out. And all right. Well, the whiteboard won't help anybody who's listening to this because they can't see a whiteboard. I don't care about their feelings. I only I, care about my own. I understand. I it's a dog eat dog world out there. <laughs> All right, so in the dog-eat-dog world out there, President Trump's personal attorney has been indicted for campaign finance violations, okay. and we're going to get into that a little bit. And this was the guy who like paid off Stormy Daniels. Correct. Stuff. He paid oh, okay. off Stormy Daniels and another Playboy model. I don't know what her name was, but it's just so bizarre to me that we live in a world where we're discussing the President of the United States paying hush money to porn stars and Playboy bunnies. doesn't make any sense to me. But all right, so here we are, and Donald Trump, reacts to the Cohen indictments with a tweet on... Oh, this is my favorite. Do you remember this? Yeah. K 
totally clears the president. Thank you. That was his tweet. And George Conway tweeted back, except for that little part where the U.S. Attorney's Office says that you directed and coordinated with Cohen to commit two felonies. Other than that, totally scot-free. That's so funny that he, that, like, I want, I want, does, like, he yell at Kellyanne, do you think? Uh, like, does, I, does Trump yell at Kellyanne, I mean? Does Trump yell at Kellyanne? Yeah, and is like, to tell your husband to stop tweeting back at my tweet, I don't know. I don't know, this has a whole big Mary Madeline, uh, James Carville vibe to it, and you don't have any idea who either of those people are. Nope. Just add that to the list. Mary Maybe Madeline, 1992. Mary Madeline was George Bush's campaign manager. James Carville was Bill Clinton's campaign manager. I, I guess moral of the story is don't hire women as your campaign managers. Actually, I think she was Just a deputy kidding. campaign manager. They ended up getting married. Okay. And so they had this, and they, they wrote books together and all this kind of stuff, but they were on the opposite sides of the aisle. But this seems far more bitter and Romeo personal. Romeo and Juliet, if you will. Right. Except they didn't um, commit suicide. That's correct. As teenagers. And I don't know what's going to happen with the Conways here, but the reality is that Donald Trump has been implicated in two possible felonies, right. which raises a whole bunch of problems and issues. And the first one is, okay, Donald Trump, if he's committed crimes, is it legal to indict a sitting president? What's your answer to that question? I would hopefully say yes. I don't. I hope no one's above the law in our country. That would be really worrisome. Well, the Justice Department investigated this both in 1973 during the Nixon troubles, and they also issued a conclusion in 2000 after the Bill Clinton impeachment. And what in both cases they determined that it is inappropriate to indict a sitting president because because a sitting president is too busy and has too much going on. First of all, we know for a fact he's not busy. He's like spent more time at like golfing than actually working. Well, and he watches so much Fox News. He watches so much. he watches 4 to 8 hours of television a day. Holy crap. Your president of the United States is watching television on the taxpayers' dime. Do you think he like has a like does he have TV? like does he watch commercials? Does I don't he skip know. Skip commercials? <laughs> I I don't think so because he has to watch Fox oh, and Friends no. when it's live. He's even watching the commercials. Nobody watches commercials. Well, your president does. Gosh. What a great guy that president of the United States is. So the the legal findings it's been ambiguous because nobody's tried to indict a sitting president. The closest we've come, and nobody seems to be talking about this, so I may be getting the legal issue wrong. But the closest we've come was a lawsuit before the Supreme Court where they were trying to determine whether or not. Bill Clinton could be sued for sexual harassment. Yeah. Harassment is the correct way to say that, but I'm going to say harassment. In Britain, maybe. No one here says uh, harassment. Uh, well, we, we've had this discussion before, but it's Mueller, not Mueller, too. So we just have to get our pronunciation nailed down when we're talking here. But they brought it before the Supreme Court to determine whether or not it was legal to bring suit for sexual harassment against the sitting president and nine to zero, including Clinton appointees, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that, yes, it is appropriate and legal to do that. And that brought us the Paula Jones case, which ended up in as the Monica Lewinsky case, which ended up in the impeachment and later um, refusal to a, remove from office of Bill Clinton in 1998. So, so... That, I think, would be a precedent to say, okay, if you can sue somebody when they're president, why can't you indict somebody when they're president? Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm down with that. Totally. You're, you're down with that. Let's sue everybody. Let's indict everybody. 
Let's indict. Well, and see, that's part of the problem. The people who are saying, okay, well, he can't be indicted are not saying he should be able to go off scot-free. They're saying that... You get a slap on the wrist. No. Stop paying off porn stars. <laughs> if you promise never to do it again. Look me in the eyes. Tell me you're sorry. Tell me you mean it. Yeah, that would be even harder, I think, for Donald Trump to do than be indicted. Uh, Donald Trump does not admit error. Donald Trump does not apologize. And I Donald think, Trump watches Fox News yes. and the commercials. He, he watches the... Well, yeah, of course he watches the commercials because have you not seen the... The last week tonight with John Oliver, where he reproduces a catheter commercial that appears on Fox and Friends, and he uses it to educate Donald Trump about what the nuclear triad is and other things that Donald Trump has shown ignorance no, of. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's very funny. You need to go look at that. Yeah, John Oliver created these fake ads to try to send Donald Trump a message because he knows the only way any he's going to listen to him is if he's watching catheter ads in during Fox and Friends. So, good times. That's clever. Very clever. It's a lot of work. Well, John Oliver doesn't have anything else to do, I guess. That's his job. John Oliver's It's television production. So, yeah. So, the indictment of a president, the the other issue then comes up as to whether... No, I I forgot to finish my thought. Uh, They're not saying you can't indict a president ever. You're saying... They're saying you have to wait until after he leaves office to be able to be indicted. So the indictment would either just sit sealed until the end of Donald Trump's term, or they just wouldn't issue the indictment until after he left office. So then I saw something like that, though, because if that were the case, then what if Donald Trump resigns like 10 minutes before the end of his presidency so that Mike Pence can pardon him? Well, Donald Trump is making rumblings that he can pardon himself. He sa- What is going on here? What's happening? What's happening indeed? So can the President of the United States pardon himself? We will discuss that when we get back from our break. All right. So can the President of the United States pardon himself? I feel like that's a a huge oversight on part of the founding fathers to just like let that little loophole through well the thing is the founding fathers didn't say anything about it it's such a bizarre so then, sort so of thing where did he get the idea that he can do that well the president has i want to the constitution gives the president the power to pardon people but it doesn't really specify the details of it the biggest scandal of the end of clinton's presidency was when he issued a whole bunch of pardons to campaign donors including one to a an international fugitive named Mark Rich. Oh, I didn't know that happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people who loved the Clintons turned on the Clintons at the very end of his term because he issued all of these last-minute pardons. And the Mark Rich pardon was the most controversial. This was a guy who was an international fugitive who had, who his ex-wife had donated half a million dollars to the Clinton Library. And all of the recommendations were that he shouldn't be pardoned, but the Clintons pardoned him anyway. Or Bill Clinton pardoned him anyway. And he's just being a good friend. He's just being a buddy. Well, it's all about... I would do cam- the same for my friends. It's all about campaign finance here and all those kinds of issues. And we're going to get into that, I think, a little bit as we get down the road here. But the idea that Trump can pardon himself, the thing is, who would stop him? How would you stop him? What would you do? Does, does the Justice Department just ignore the pardon and indict him anyway? His Justice Department, then he has the power to fire the people in his Justice Department 
And so it make, becomes very difficult to hold him accountable for pardoning That's, himself. That just seems like no one has to approve presidential pardons. No. Just, nobody does. Nope. There's absolutely no oversight on presidential pardons. That's, I don't. He couldn't pardon himself. I don't know. That just seems like such a weird like joke. Like a that doesn't even seem like it should be a sentence that can be said. Right. Well, so then can you can just like kill someone and pardon himself? Like That's a good question. Uh did Aaron did anybody pardon Aaron Burr for killing Alexander Hamilton? I think somebody did. Did they? Yeah. But he couldn't pardon himself cuz he was only vice president. Yeah, he also like went and hid. He like fled and hid somewhere, I think. He fled? He was the sitting vice president. Yeah, but then he like went. He left, and he tried to like rally up an. It was his story's crazy. But. Wow, I have to get into that. Yeah. We'll have to get into Aaron Burr here, but uh, the 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 oversight of the executive branch, the oversight of the president, almost resides almost exclusively with Congress and the impeachment power. Mm-hmm. And the Constitution gives Congress the power to impeach the president for high crimes and misdemeanors. And that's oh, I, it. I have what, what he oh, did. Okay, you, you. So he got charged. So Burr got charged with crimes like including murder in New York and New Jersey. Everything is legal in New Jersey. But he, yeah, he never tried. He was never tried though, and he fled to South Carolina. But while then, he was vice president, he fled. Yeah, but then he returned to Philadelphia and Washington to complete his his term and avoided New York and New Jersey. And then the cases were just dropped. And in the case of New Jersey, the indictment was thrown out on the basis that although Hamilton was shot in New Jersey, he died in New York. Oh. Which, again, <laughs> that seems... So if you're going to murder somebody, do it in one state but and then, then take the no, body no, and let no, them no, no, die no, no, somewhere no. else? Yeah, you can't, you can't murder murder them. you got to like bring them to the brink of death and then drag them over the state lines. Oh, my gosh. You know where the best place to kill someone would be? Four Corners. Well, have you... Because s- then, <laughs> then you could just like have your pick of states. Well... To- that's the Simpsons episode where Sideshow Bob tries to murder Bart Simpson at Five Corners. Oh, I don't know. There that. is no Five Corners, but there is in the Simpsons world. So it's good times. Yeah, so he said, if, if I shoot the gun in this state, the bullet travels through this state, it hits you in that state, and you fall and you die in that state, then there's no way I can be prosecuted. Do you want to hear another thing that doesn't really have anything to do with it, but does have something to do with Four Corners? Sure. There's this virus called C. Nombre virus. That means no name in Spanish, you know? And they were going to name it Four Corners Virus because that's where it's found and that's where it kills everybody. But then they were like, no, there'll be no, they'll, they'll, there will be no tourism to the Four Corners area if they name it that. So they named it No Name Virus. Oh, good. So watch out for that if you're in the Four Corners area. Well, I think... Don't a, play with any mice poop because that's how you get it. <laughs> I think a virus might beef up some interest in Four Corners. I went what? to Four Corners when I was campaigning because the Four Corners part of Utah is in my congressional district, your congressional district. Gerrymandering. Yeah. It's, it's, there's nothing there. It's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. A virus would not... Yeah, that's what the last thing they want then is to... I guess. It's, 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 you can't actually get there from here. By traveling straight through Utah, you have to go around because there's no road directly in Utah down to Four Corners. You yeah. have to, it's it's just, and then you get there and you're like, wow, look, a big barren wasteland where there's a little silver, you know, it's a gold plaque that has Four Corners on it. Neat. Yeah. Not the it. most exciting, thrilling moment. Oh, all right. So I'm not Anyways, sure how we got to Four to Corners. Back to what you were talking about before. No, no. So back to indictments of presidents. So the... Uh, Congress gave the power to impeach, or, or the Constitution gives Congress the power to impeach the president. And if, if Donald Trump were to pardon himself... 
It would be like an automatic impeachment, you think? I, I think – see, the problem with impeaching Donald Trump, and we're gonna, I think we need to get into that here too, is now that the Democrats control the House of Representatives, they have the power by a simple majority to impeach the president. And everybody is saying – well, everybody. A lot of the Democratic base are saying, now here it is. It's time to impeach the president. And the fact that the president has been accused of and is likely guilty of two felonies – Yeah suggests, okay, this is appropriate, let's impeach him. Uh, I don't think he's going to be impeached because, and this is the thing everybody forgets, and I feel like I need to hammer home every time we talk about impeachment. Impeachment is not a legal process. Impeachment is a political process. Uh, I remember in 1998 when... uh, I was but a wee babe. You were but a wee babe. I don't think you were born at this point. Oh, yes, you yeah. were born in 97. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yes, you were but a wee My babe. dad, okay. So you were alive during the Clinton impeachment. Good for you. Yeah. You remember it well? Yeah, I was sat in front of the TV, just You probably transfixed. did because I was sitting in front of the TV, probably, you know, holding you and whatever else. Oh, you're really just displaying your great fatherhood skills on this episode. That's right. That's don't right. Don't know my birthday. Put me in front of the TV. That's it. That's the way you were raised. Uh, The impeachment of Bill Clinton, so the way it works is the House impeaches and then it goes to the Senate for a trial. And the trial is structured in a quasi-legal way. The um, Quasi-legal? Yeah. The Chief Justice of the Supreme Court sits as the judge but has absolutely no power whatsoever. William Rehnquist presided over the Clinton impeachment trial and he had these cool racing stripes on his robe. And he's, he said, everybody needs to allow me to stand up every once in a while to stretch my back. And that was pretty much the entirety of his contribution to the impeachment proceedings. And the House elects prosecutors who come over to the Senate. So representatives come over to the Senate and they they prosecute the case as if it's a legal case. And one of the prosecutors in the Clinton impeachment trial was a guy named Bob Barr. And he kept referring to the senators as jurors. Mm-hmm. He kept saying, you are the jurors in this case. And finally, the Senate passed a resolution saying, don't call us jurors. We're not jurors. You can't call us jurors because jurors have to follow the law. Jurors get free lunch and time off work. That's right. That's right. And jurors have to follow the instructions of a judge and they have to decide according to law. It doesn't always happen. You get the OJ case every once in a while while jurors ignore the law. It all comes back to OJ always. Always comes all back to OJ. All roads lead to OJ. All roads lead to OJ. But uh, the Senate said, no, we are not jurors. We do not have any legal responsibility whatsoever to behave in any way we don't want to. In fact, Robert Byrd, who was the who was the senior Democrat at the time, he's a former Klansman. But oh, at, yeah. But at the time, busy they were, guy. They were calling him the conscience of the Senate. Huh. Yeah. Interesting turn of events. Yeah, there. Robert Byrd. That's a whole other kettle of wax. What? Yeah, it's a very fun mixed metaphor. Kettle of fish, ball of wax. No, I've never, I've never heard either of those metaphors. Either. You never heard? Never. Okay. Well, all right. Well, so that was just bad all around. It's just bad all around, kind of like Robert Byrd. But Robert Byrd got up and said, oh, yeah, President Clinton definitely committed perjury and he definitely obstructed justice. And then he moved to have the Senate dismiss the charges completely. 
And what he essentially was saying was, we don't have to convict him of those things. Both of those things are, are felonies. I believe he committed them, but I don't believe that he should be removed from office. I got a meeting I got to go to. I have to go to a clan meeting, and I got to get out of here fast. Right. He, he was on Larry King once, and he apologized for his racism, and he admitted that there are actually white N-words, and he used the N-word to describe them. Hmm. And it was like, that's a very interesting Equality. thing to say. <laughs> Equality. That's what Martin Luther King dreamed of. Well, Robert Byrd was also the chairman of the Appropriations Committee for years, which means he was in charge of directing how money was spent. If you go to West Virginia, where Robert Byrd is from, you will find dozens of federal buildings named after Robert Byrd. And you will find the best federal highways anywhere in the world because more money has been spent in West Virginia as a result of Robert Byrd's... Almost heaven. Robert Byrd's house. Robert Byrd's house. So I'm not sure how we got to Robert Byrd. But the point being that Donald Trump, as long as, as long as they don't vote to remove him from office, Donald Trump is home free. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back from our break. So, have you ever read your great-grandfather's family letters? Um, no. Uh, I don't know why I had to take time to think about that. No, I have not. Your great-grandfather used to write a letter every week. This is pre-internet, pre-anything. And he would write a letter to the entire family called The Family Letter, where he would talk about Say, what he done. these are the funny memes I've seen this week, gathered into one place. That's right. Since I don't have Twitter, I can't share it with you guys. So, here it is printed out. That's right. I, I read through them once trying to find any reference to me, and there's there's precisely one. Uh, it was when I was a, a baby, and he says, he says, Bob and Joyce came over this last week, and they brought Jimmy with them. That kid is a big handful. That's all he said. Nice. So I am a handful. That's how my grandfather remembered me in the family letters. But the family letters also provided insight into the Nixon impeachment because Grandpa... And you know what else is a handful? Nixon. Richard Nixon. That's, that's how he transitioned into that. That's right. No, Nixon and Grandpa were both elected to the, to the Senate in the same year. In 1950, there were two Republican senators that were elected. One was Richard Nixon and one was Wallace Bennett from Utah. And they became very good friends. When Richard Nixon was picked as Eisenhower's vice president, uh, Grandpa gave him uh, some homemade fishing flies so that they could go Weird fishing gift. together. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, on Grandpa's 75th bit birthday, President Nixon showed up and played happy birthday for him on the piano. They were very close friends. And Wallace Bennett was one of four Republican senators who refused to convict Richard Nixon. Oh, that's not a good legacy. Very Well, it's it, it may it, it isn't, but what's interesting is that before Nixon resigned, those four senators and led. Play happy birthday for anybody, and they just are indebted to you for life. I guess that's right. But before Nixon re- resigned, Grandpa and the other three senators went over to the White House, led by Grandpa, to tell Nixon, "Hey, you need to resign because we're your friends, but they're all going to convict you." Hey, buddy, we're, I know you and I are close, but you got to go. You messed up, my dude. You got to go. But you read the family letters. You got to take off in a helicopter. You read the family letters, and and Grandpa, what Grandpa says sounds every bit like what all of the Democrats were saying about Clinton in '98. They were saying, yes, yes, he's done bad things, but the phrase that came up. But he's up, so good at piano. 
<laughs> the phrase that kept coming up in 98, and I don't know if Grandpa used this specific phrase, but he used phrases like it. They say, it does not rise to the level of an impeachable offense. That it's just not what, bad enough. What is an impeachable offense then? An I impeachable offense is whatever the Senate says yeah, it is. So, but, but then in their mind, like, nothing has risen to an impeachable offense then. And what we had was, what, like wiretapping, um, lying in court. Like, what? Well, Nixon, Nixon was being, was the, the articles of, impe- of impeachment against Nixon were essentially obstruction of justice. Yeah. Uh, Nixon, they, didn't, were, they were not impeaching him for the actual burglary or the break-in. It still hasn't been determined whether or not Nixon specifically knew about that beforehand, and it really doesn't matter because Nixon, immediately after finding out about it, used the full power of the United States government to cover it up. That's the crime for which he was going to be removed from office, and he left office before he was actually impeached. Nixon was never impeached. What a guy. What a guy. So I am not a crook. So the the... That was my Nixon impersonation. That was really good. Thank you, everybody. I'm I'm really impressed. Same time next week. I'll be here. That's good. So for the Clinton impeachment, the the issue was, okay, nobody is is saying that Clinton didn't do these things. They're saying, well, does this merit removal from office? And at the time when it first broke, Dad used to say that every Democrat was scurrying around writing a speech to give on the floor of the Senate calling on President Clinton to resign. George Stephanopoulos, who is now a respected member of the media, but at the time was the Clinton communications director, or was the former Clinton communications director, uh, said this should start impeachment proceedings. Everybody thought this is terrible. And then the Clintons just spent the next eight months grinding at the nation's patience to the point where when we finally found out, yes, this did actually happen, nobody cared anymore. I feel like that's similar to what's happening to happening today. Is he's done Donald Trump's done so many just outrageous, ridiculous things that we don't even care. Like half I don't most people I know don't know anything about Cohen and Mueller. Right. Like it's and it's but it's a huge deal, but people just aren't paying attention anymore just because it's like just another day. Well, Cohen is actually a small subset of what Mueller is investigating. Mueller is investigating collusion, well, collusion right? with Russia and violations of the Logan Act. And the Logan Act was passed during the Jefferson administration. By Wolverine. By a Wolverine. Because that's his real name. And Logan. there's only been one indictment. Do you, do you get that joke? Oh, because his name was Logan. Yeah. Yeah, I That's get the it. only person I know whose name is Logan, so that was the best I could come no, up with. You no, know, you know Logan, you know... In our ward or our stake. That—that's uh, not a reference. That's, anyway. that's another. That's another kettle of wax. That's another kettle of wax. I think that's how that. That's good. Works. Well done. Or or ball of fish. You could say ball of fish instead of kettle of wax. What? Doesn't matter. Yeah, the Logan Act has never ever that's resulted. That's like the kettle calling the ball fish. You're just all I'm over just, the place. I'm on a roll. I don't know what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, so the Logan Act has never been prosecuted. There is a there was one indictment that was dismissed in the 19th century. What is the Logan Act for? The Logan Act is you're not supposed to negotiate with a foreign country uh, that is opposed to the United States. Okay, but that's, Russia. Well, the thing is, it's not illegal. It would not be illegal for Trump to talk to Russia. In fact, it's entirely appropriate even for a candidate to talk to Russia. What would be illegal would be to try to work with Russia to get Russia to subvert the United States. 
So even like, if you it's can like prove, when little kids are like, I'm not touching him. I'm not touching him. And right. the other kid's like, stop touching me. But well, he's just like hovering it right next to his face. Well, you've kind of defi- de- described the whole legal system. So when we get back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what legal danger Donald Trump really is in. The, I didn't land that correctly. Nope. But it doesn't matter. Here we go. So the Logan Act uh, doesn't necessarily do anything. It's going to be very hard to bring an indictment under it. So that's why uh, the Cohen, the possible Cohen indictments are getting a whole lot more focus because there's a whole lot more danger to them for Donald Trump. Uh And the question has to be, all right, if we prove that Donald Trump has violated campaign finance laws. That's the indictment. It's not that he's paid hush money. It's le- apparently legal to pay hush money. Donald oh, Trump, that's good to know. That's good to know. Donald Trump has called Keep it a private pocket. transaction. So it's legal to he, pay he off. Tweeted, he tweeted today about a smocking gun. Did you see that? No, a smocking gun. Yes. W- what about a smocking well, gun? Well, he tweeted like uh, how they're, they were looking for a smocking gun and there was no smock. <laughs> he said that. no smock? Yes. Is it so a CK? Yes. That's just great. And everyone was like, I love having a smock after I eat, drink some Covefe. <laughs> Covefe, yeah. yes, I remember Covefe. Uh, but the, the, the challenge is that Donald Trump can't be removed from office unless public opinion turns against him. And senators of Donald Trump's party feel the pressure from public outrage to convict him. Even even senators that want to convict him won't vote to convict him if it's going to destroy them politically. Democracy. You know, here in Utah, if Mike Lee or Mitt Romney, when Mitt Romney takes over as the junior senator in January, if either one of them voted to convict Donald Trump, they would face a Republican primary challenge that would take them out of office. Yeah. Even Mitt Romney. And so, so that's what keeps Donald Trump in office. The only thing that will bring Donald Trump down is not any kind of legal trouble, any kind of an indictment. What will bring him down is if Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies. It's almost a Mission Impossible because you have to get Trump's base to turn on him and they won't do it. And the more you attack Trump, the more you beat up on Trump, the more their base feels like they're victims. And they yeah. feel, and so they dig in their heels and they support him even more strongly. His base is, is very clearly not a majority of people, but to convict in the Senate, you have to have a two-thirds supermajority. Yeah. And his base is larger than a one-third minority. I'd say his base is probably somewhere around 35 to 40%. Of voters. Wild. And then and so what would happen is if Democrats decide to impeach Donald Trump, knowing they're not going to be able to get a conviction, get a conviction, uh, they risk the kind of backlash that Republicans saw when they impeached Bill Clinton in 1998. Everybody knew he wasn't going to be removed from office. It, it just sucked up all of the air out of the room for months on end. And everybody just thought, get on with this already. Have you ever heard of moveon.org? It's now considered one of the premier sort of left-wing sites on the internet. No. Well, it was founded back in 98 when they were saying, move on, move on. Okay, we know what's going on with Clinton. Move on. You had the internet then? We did. 
1998, we had the internet. I thought Al Gore invented the internet. Al Gore was elected vice president in 1992. We, I first got online, I think, in 1994. And, and prior to that, actually, I'd gotten on America Online. You know, your grandmother still has an America Online email address. Oh, my goodness. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, it was the internet that broke the news. It was the Drudge Report that broke. The, the Newsweek had the story about Monica Lewinsky and refused to run with it. And so Matt Drudge on the Drudge Why Report. Why they refuse to run with it? Are they, like, are they left-leaning or something? Oh, that's a whole other issue. Uh, the short answer is yes. The long answer is. That's messed up. Well, they wouldn't run with it. Matt Drudge did. Shame on you, Newsweek. And, and the end result. For this thing you did 20 years ago. That's right. Yeah, it's been 20 years. So I don't think Trump is going to be, uh, I don't think he's going to be impeached, and I certainly don't think he's going to be removed from office unless public outrage is enough to be able to get his base to turn on him. And I just don't know what it would take. I kept thinking throughout the campaign, well, surely this is going to be enough to make everybody realize what a terrible dude this guy is, and it never was. It didn't work. And so we shall see where this leads us and we will be here every step of the way as we go forward and if you are listening to this on the radio please be sure to subscribe to dinner table politics at the ksl podcast center or on itunes and until next week i'm jim bennett i'm abby bennett and we'll see you next time on dinner table politics don't smock it's dangerous does it cause cancer yes